Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. As I continue to look at seasons one through three of the epic series Snowfall, this is, of course, episode 909 of the Real Deal Podcast. We have, of course, season 16 premiere coming up either Tuesday or Wednesday. I haven't decided yet, but either Tuesday or Wednesday will be the season 16 premiere where we'll do all the NFL stuff and what have you of the uh, Real Deal Podcast. So, Season two, episode three of Snowfall. The name title of this episode is called Prometheus Rising. This is, of course, based off a book written by Robert N. Wilson about how the human mind behaves. And, of course, that was prevalent in this particular episode amongst our characters. Uh, themes, the thinker and the prover. Uh, we will flush that out over the course of, the course of this uh podcast with best scenes but as always we begin with the deep dive and i was thinking i was thinking about what would be the when would be the perfect time to deep dive the character leon because we know how prominent of a figure that he was throughout the course of this, this entire series this episode jumped out because um there's a shift uh that leon has is is various it, it, the scene was not uh like there were a lot of great scenes in this. There was a great episode overall, all around, and there were a lot of big scenes, a lot of important scenes. But this, you know, this shift could have easily get missed, um, and I probably missed it the first couple times I've seen this a uh, particular season in this episode in general. Leon, of course, I think in this episode clearly becomes Franklin's right hand and his number two. Um, over the over to this point. Leon, you know, he's seen, he's seen as the muscle. He's seen, you know, we know, seen as the tough guy um, who's Franklin's best friend, one of Franklin's best friends. Uh, you know, we see him with Wanda, who, who got, you know, we see him with Wanda this season. And, and you know, we kind of see, we know that he's in the game. But, and he had a moment, he had a moment last season when, uh, after he got shot, by uh, Ray Ray, you know, where he's trying to give Franklin some advice on how to come back out, how to come back on him, and it's just not about revenge, it's about respect. So he had he had a minor moment, minor moment from that standpoint. But to me, there's a scene in this episode where he number one corrects himself uh, for going in the car with Kevin and Jerome and foolishly, uh, foolishly going to the Mexican Mexican territory where they had intentions of just shoot shooting people. They had no business there. We'll talk about that later in the episode. So he corrects himself from that standpoint, tells Franklin, next time, you know, I, it was, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have been in the car. Uh, next time, I'll wait for you. And to me, that is a shift in, in maturity for Leon in, in terms of maturity. Remember, earlier in the season, earlier, late last season, you know, you had Claudia calling him, calling him out basically being a clown along with Kevin and, you know, he calls her a busted ass bitch. Um, so there, there was a lot of immaturity up to this point. And again, following this, and we'll see in season three and, and, and we are, and, and probably and there was some, I mean, Leon has moments where, you know, it's like, Leon, what, you know, what the fuck are you doing? Of course, over the course of this series. But I thought that in this episode that there, you know, he took a step and really entrenched himself into being that clear-cut number two for Franklin. Remember, during this episode, there's when Franklin is not around, all hell just breaks loose. 
I mean, just emotions, just horrible decision-making, lack of no leadership. So this was very important for Franklin's crew. And Leon will, you know, again, we'll see, we see how, we'll see how valuable Leon is throughout the course of this entire series. Uh, I Especially, you know, in seasons three and, you know, three, uh, three through four, three through five, because he's in three and four in particular. But this game, this episode, Again, that particular scene with him and Franklin as as towards the latter part of the episode was to me a a, a turning point, a coming of age uh, for Leon and very important, a very important scene and a very important moment for the Franklin Saint organization that is still trying to find his way. Let's be honest. It's still, you know, you still have some weak links. You still have some, you know, guys, you still have, you know, Jerome's kind of all over the place. Uh, you still have some pieces, you, you know, everybody still hasn't found their role. You know, it's kind of like a team that's trying to develop, still trying to develop chemistry, right? You know, they, you know, they know that they trust, still trying to find those, trying to develop that chemistry and, and, and find a way, find their way in this drug, this drug world, which has very little room uh, for error. Scenes, there were a number of them in this episode. Uh, it was, just, like I said, this was a great episode. Let's go with Teddy, Matt, Danilo, Diego. So Danilo and Diego arrived. Prior to Danilo and Diego arriving, we know that uh, Teddy nearly got him and Matt killed. Teddy is basically mouthing off to, you know, some of the underlings of Danilo and Diego. He's shitting on the country. He's smug. He's just, I mean, he has, at this point, I don't know if he realizes, he just has no leverage at this point. Like, he really doesn't, like, they, like he really almost talked the bullet into his head. Um, and then, you know, you know, he gets knocked, he, you know, the guy, one of the guys, one of the lieutenants of Danilo Diego just, uh, you know, call him out saying, we basically only need one of you to be alive, to be honest with you. And, you know, hits Teddy with the butt of the gun, busts Teddy's eye. Danilo and Diego arrive. They, you know, he calls them amateurs and they say, hey, you know, who's, who's, you know, Who's the amateur here? Like you got your shit taken, you got your drugs taken, you couldn't even, you know, you're you're late for your drop and what have you. Like, what are you talking about? Like, we're we're the amateurs, so they make demands on what they want uh, in order for this deal to go through. And you know, a bunch of the stuff is just easy. It's just a bit tedious. You know, talking about condoms and just a bunch of tedious maniacal shit until, until it gets, doesn't get real serious until they bring up visas and that's where Teddy kind of draws a line and says hey I can't give you visas those are official government documents and they say well aren't you the government which was a fair point and then Matt jumps in and says hey look and Matt up until this point had kind of been going somewhat back and forth uh, trying to smooth things out um, and because cause they're, very, they're very close to getting both getting killed like they're like Teddy, like I said, Teddy almost talked them into the grave. Matt smooths things out. Matt, you remember, was in Vietnam. He's dealt with some negotiations in terms of from that standpoint. So he handles he in essence saves their lives. Um, and says, Hey, yeah, we can find we can get you we'll get you the visas, no problem. And they, you know, you know, they take to Matt and like Matt. Um, but again, this listen, this won't be the first time where Teddy is smug and Teddy is, you know, has a sense of this entitlement that that will run throughout the course of the entire series. But he really in this scene almost got, uh, nearly got them uh, killed. 
with uh, some of the stuff that he was saying, uh, saying about the about not only about the Dylan Diego, but about the the country, you know, Mexican country in general, about the uh, about these um, Colombians, Colombians in their country and 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 what have you. So, uh, Matt saves the day from that standpoint. We go to Lloyd Jerome, Leon, Kevin, and Wanda. This is the scene where. Uh, Kevin comes in, having just found out that his cousin and Victor, D-Ray and Victor, have been killed. Uh, he claims that they, you know, through a phone call, he didn't see it, that they've been castrated. Uh, this sends Jerome into uh, just, like, a frenzy. This sends, everybody goes into, mind you, Franklin is not around. So everybody goes into a panic. Everybody uh, is up in arms. Everybody, you know, you, a bunch of yelling. You have, you know, Louie, Jerome yelling at Louie, chastising her for being spending the night at Claudia. She, of course, she has spent, she has spent the night at Claudia. She's, she's, you know, sleeping with Claudia and what have you. So she's, so that's, you have that going on. And basically, when uh, Kevin comes, and by the way, Kevin did, did not have, the, the only facts Kevin had was the fact that they, that those two, were dead. If you remember from the last episode, uh, Kanje, the uh, the hitter from the Stompers, uh, crew killed uh, killed the two young soldiers for selling drugs in in, in, in Mexican territory. When Jerome previously had told them, "Don't sell drugs in the Mexican territory." So, even with the fact that they that Jerome told them, "I told y'all not to deal drugs in Mexican territory." When Kevin brings up castration and starts saying they they were lynched, which wasn't true, by the way. Um, then that sends every, like Louis, Jerome, Leon, all, they all start, they get guns, knives, they strap up and leave the house, um, going to Mexican, going back to uh, where that, going back to where D Ray and Victor were killed. Wanda is in a, in a panic. Louis is trying to keep things calm, but she can't, you know, Jerome says, this is man shit. And, you know, she kind of agrees once they leave, she tells Wanda, this is man shit. And immediately, you know, Louis is going to get Franklin. Um, yeah, this scene was it, it was strange because you have Jerome again. This is where a lack of leadership came into play. There was no one, you know. The theme was, you know, a couple of themes in this episode that I brought up earlier: the thinker and the prover. Um, you had there was no thinker in this scene. Well, so, well with exception of Louis, we'll talk about that, but. There was nobody that there was no rational, there was no pragmatic or there was no rationality basically from anyone, from anyone, anyone in this scene. Everybody was just basically all over the place and that will cause for some bad decisions which almost happened, which almost transpired. Gustavo and Donna Rosa, Donna Rosa, of course, is a psychic. Gustavo goes to her. Um, Gustavo, of course, is very concerned, of course, about Pedro returning, Soledad, uh, she basically, the psychic basically tells Pedro, excuse me, tells Gustavo that, that uh, Lucia has darkness around her and that, you know, some of the darkness has, you know, some of the bad things have yet to reveal themselves. She sees Pedro as uh, not really a threat, but the fact that, the fact is that, you know, she says that Pedro hates him and hates Lucia as well, which, you know, kind of makes him a threat if that's with that being the case. And mostly, again, the big thing is she says that that the darkness has yet to rebuild himself, rebuild itself. So, uh, Gustavo again um, is very nervous about 
I'm very concerned about the fact that Pedro is back. He doesn't like the fact that Pedro is back. Um, and and Solid is back. Solid is back. So they're they're both, you know, he's on edge about that. So he goes to the psychic, and the psychic again basically says that again Lucille has has darkness all around her. And basically, the psychic basically said Lucille is trouble. In essence, that's in essence what the psychic was trying to tell him that as long as you're around this lady, this girl, that you are going to be in danger. Franklin, Jerome, Kevin, and Leon. This, of course, is the fall. This, of course, is right there in the car. So before Franklin gets to him, um, they don't, there's no gang members around. It's like 12 o'clock. It's early. Even Jerome says, I haven't been out the house before 12 o'clock. I don't know. God knows when. So it might have even been earlier than 12. It could have been, this could have even been in the morning. And Kevin is such in a rage that he's ready to shoot anybody. Like, Think about a gang member, just a regular citizen, which of course it would have been insane. And even Leon checks him saying, you know, I think it was you gonna just shoot some kids and some some kids and old folks. So then, you know, as you know, he says, Kevin basically tells him, Let me out the car. Leon says no. And then they hear you hear a knock, and then of course it's Franklin saying, you know, y'all stupid motherfuckers, you know, wrap this up. And you see Kevin, you see Franklin basically just you know, basically ripped him a new one, um, discussing uh, why they were in that territory. They had, and, you know, you see Kevin, you see Franklin going at it with Jerome, uh, saying that, you know, I thought we told him to stay away from Pico. They found out that uh, it was Del Delroy and Victor. So I thought that we told him to stay away from there. And Jerome, they basically said, yeah, that's what we told him. So, we, and this is the this is the quote of, to me the quote of the episode. When we tell someone to do some shit, we supposed to make sure they do it. That was from Franklin. So right now, again, Franklin's organization is just not solid right now. They're, you know, they have a bunch of young young guys that really don't know what they're doing. He is the leader, but he's not the leader as far he is not um he's not the end all be all leader. Like he's a point person for Teddy. He's the one making moves in terms of telling him in terms of where to go far as the cookhouse but they they're still uh he doesn't have that iron fist as a as of yet from that standpoint um and it gets to, you know he gets to a point where um at this point again he is the leader but not the uh, not the undisputed leader from that standpoint and again this is where you know having a solid number two a clear cut this is where you know a chris paltrow or a stringer bell come in handy as a number as a clear cut number two to kind of stabilize things when the number one is not around or the number one the number your number one is taking care of something taking care of something else um and at this point they don't have a clear cut they don't they did not have a clear cut number two because leon at this point hadn't reached you know is not to uh the latter part of the episode where leon reaches that point of basically saying if Leon with the mindset that he had in an episode wouldn't even got in that car and would have shut it all all down. Um so again, Franklin uh stops them, tells them to go tells them to wrap it up as, as they go home. And of course we know that it was Louie doing the only thing that she only could doing the doing the only the thing that she could only do, and that was to call Franklin and get and get them up out of that territory. Uh no one really was dead set on 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 killing anybody, but Kevin. 
they all had doubts. They were, you know, Jerome and Leon, once they calmed down and got in the car, uh, they got there and got to the uh, Pico Union, the place where, again, Victor and Del and D-Ray were killed. They were not going, they were not going to kill anybody. It was going to be Kevin. That would that was the one that was, um, that was out of control and that was emotional um, that uh, that was going to do something. If anybody was going to do something. Uh, Lucia and Franklin, so they finally meet um, in terms of, uh, in terms of from a business standpoint, Lucille, of course, Franklin still wants to know who killed the, who killed the two, his two soldiers. Lucille tells him the guy who killed him, Conchai, or Conchon, Conchoy is, is basically untouchable. Like if you kill, if you kill him, then you have the whole basically uh, everybody. All she said, all the all the bottles will be on you, and you know that you're basically dead if you kill him. At this point, Franklin does not have enough muscle, or or, or is they're not organized enough to be fighting a war uh, against against a gang or against Stomper's gang. They would they would get destroyed. Uh, so she tells him that, and she also tries to make a deal with him in the process. Um, he holds off on the deal. Um, basically says, "Hey, I need more time." Um, he still, again, he still is. He tells her, "Listen, I can't make a deal with you. Uh, how do I tell my people that I'm, I'm gonna make a deal with you based on what just transpired with them, with, with two of my soldiers being killed?" And she says something that is very important that host that this was all business. Tell your people this was this was business. Even contract killing the soldiers was business. And we all in we all in this uh, the, basically this is the business that we she basically hit him with the almost the Godfather to Hyman Roth uh shit. This is the business that we chose. And you can't operate on emotion. You have to operate. You know, you have to operate like like strict like shit is strictly business. So she comes, she's coming out with that angle. He goes off on making a deal with her, and then he goes and lies to uh, lies to uh, Kevin about um, about the fact of, of of knowing of knowing doesn't tell Kevin of course the, the conversation they had and all the information that he that she got that he got from her and says that you know basically tells Kevin that she does not know. Uh, who did, and she still has to look around, which we know is not true, but Kevin would have started a war had he been told the truth by Franklin. So this is the beginning, kind of beginning of the Lucia, Lucia and Franklin uh, uh, Franklin exchange and connection that will go through the go through this entire second season. Uh, definitely more to come with them, with them meeting and with them, with them being connected. MVP, Matt and Louie. Uh, Matt First of all, saved a lot, saved his own life as well as Teddy's life, and Louis saved you know everybody in essence. Do uh, you like when you know Kevin gets out, shoots somebody, shoots and kills somebody? That then that's it's a wrap for the Franklin State organization because uh, that that would have been it. So those are those two those two two characters were without question the MVPs. Matt even checked Teddy. On the plane, uh, on the plane way, on the plane, on the uh, on, during one of the drops, basically saying, "You called me. We would have, if it wasn't for me, we'd be dead." And he made great points to which Teddy basically had no, really couldn't, couldn't really couldn't combat. 
because he did because he he did call Matt and he needed Matt. And Matt basically said, I'm not just, you know, Matt basically says, listen, I'm not just here to fly a plane. Like you forced, you basically forced my hand in terms of uh, some of the stuff that had to be done. And of course, Lurie was the most, was clearly the most level headed out of all the, you know, out of with minus Franklin, out of, the, out of Kevin and Jerome and, and, and Leon. She's the one. And that was that's something that very much you should pay attention to. If you hadn't seen, if you haven't seen the entire series about about Louis and how she thinks, her being again, she I, she could have been listed as a thinker as well in this episode. So Matt and Louis are clearly the MVPs. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I will be back, of course, in a couple of days with the season sixteen premiere of the Real Deal Podcast, where we talk. Week one NFL action. Of course, we will return next weekend with season two, episode four of the of the of the hit series Snowfall. Have a great, great rest of the evening. So long.